0: This week, it's the Somebody Likes It membership pledge drive. Don't forget to email us at message somebody at gmail.com with your pledge or with a request. Um, get,
1: can uh, you guys tell I was sick all last week? Yeah, Shane's
2: about to uh, cough up along.
1: Yeah, um, if at any point during this um, recording of this show, if I have to put the mic down and you abruptly, you'll hear me coughing across the He's room. also
2: a singer and apparently did a six hour set. Uh,
1: Two. Two three hour sets.
2: Two three oh, whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's divide divided
0: up however you need to. Mark R- Ryan's a mathematician. He, he, he I, I have I've never been, I been accused of, of that out. in my life. <laughs> this is
1: Tonight's episode brought yeah. to you by Menta.
0: And you'll notice that I've got the uh, the sexy. Uh, voice this week. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so Mark's Mark's
1: <laughs> basically getting what I had last exactly. week.
2: Mark's I mean, debuting his Barry White voice. He's <laughs> got a uh, little bit of Billy Dee Williams
3: going
1: so if, on. If, yeah, if you guys here. have any snake oh. problems in your backyard, just go ahead and put this. Oh,
2: I love the sexy slither of the lady snake. <laughs> 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 that is from Whacking Day from The Simpsons, like season two.
1: Yeah, uh, good. Thank you, Ryan. Yes, Ryan, thank you for yeah. including all, all when, of us in Happy chat. to help.
2: When we were on the way up here,
3: uh, Mark turns to me and he goes, Everybody in my office was sick last week and this week I got it and the first thing that popped into my head was thanks for asking me for a ride today. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, you know where you'll be next week. <laughs> right,
3: exactly. So if you if Shane leaves the room and then you hear a thud sound, that's uh that's half the show dropping. But, you know, who knows, could be better.
2: <laughs> all right, kids, well we should probably get into it.
1: All Still. right, all right. I'm Shane.
2: I'm Ryan. I'm Kevin.
1: And I'm Mark. Somebody likes it.
3: So this is a little bit of effluvia, like maybe it's a little bit of uh some pop pop culturist stuff
1: effluvia well, sounds like it, uh, it ought to be like some sort of like new like antidepressant
3: it could be that could effluvia. be what we all have today all before we have effluvia.
2: a we have a uh, a dessert at, at work called profiterol, which I just think sounds like a male enhancement drug or something. Profiterol, <laughs> 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 <laughs>
3: yeah gross um yeah, so anyway uh it was announced a couple of days ago. That uh, the Jersey Shore is getting back together And Twitter lost its fucking mind I just like, saw that today uh, Like just couldn't get enough of Like like, just small takes on how Like all the people that watch that show For all the wrong reasons You Not get Twitter is like simultaneously the best The best trolling and the worst of the worst at the same time.
0: Here I was trying to figure out what exactly happened to the Jersey Shore that it needed to get back together. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, I, I, th- I thought like
2: it... the mature Jersey Shore now? Yeah, that's,
0: yes. what, I, that's what I saw. T- I didn't see anything about, the,
1: about Twitter responding to it, but I saw something today and it was like, Jersey Shore, the family's back or something. And I know at least one of them has a fucking kid. Oh, like, that'd be a
2: sure. uh, Snooki. Snooki. I've never actually seen an episode of that and somehow I know that Snooky has had a child. Oh yeah. No, she's
1: I've never seen one either. And somehow I do the same the thing. responsible one, I guess. Anyway,
3: so so that's happening uh and then this is kind of interesting. Um of course we talked about uh several weeks maybe a couple months ago when uh that Walter Becker passed away. Um now Steely Dan is suing itself. Like Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Donald Fagan is suing. He's uh, suing the estate 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 of Walter Becker
1: because his wife wants to. It's it's essentially like convoluted.
3: Well, yeah. Apparently, there was a clause written into the way that they wrote their original, like one of their contracts back in the early '70s, that said if anybody died off, that they that all their shares of that entity, because like a lot of these big bands end up being essentially giant businesses, all those shares revert to the living. Member, a surviving member, and, yeah, and so Donald Fig is the only one, and so he was like, "I'll be taking those shares now." And uh, Donald Figg- and Becker's estate says
1: it seems like it was less financial and more no. about the way that that they were they were wanting to advertise Steely Dan. Like it seemed like they were they were already talking about like on their website or something like that, like on um, Walter Becker's website, and it seemed like it was more like a promotional thing mm-hmm. rather than like a, a money issue.
3: I, the article that I read sounded like it was, it maybe had a little bit of money May, in there too. But maybe I mean, was. I'm sure,
2: like, frankly, like. I just assumed the contract was, like, you know, 200 pages long and took a year and a half to write. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's entirely possible. we right, And used
1: a lot of different people, like, a lot yeah, of like
2: typists, ver- lots of different lawyers putting that together <laughs> um, session lawyers. Session lawyers. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he came in and he's like, hey, I brought this period and uh, a couple of uh, clauses. So, uh, so Celebrity Death Watch is going on. Oh, um, yeah, we lost, um... Well, a couple of them, noted songwriter and mass murderer, uh, Charles Manson. Uh, yes, that's Beach true. Beach Boys groupie, Charles Manson. Hey, yes. so, uh, so I Beach knew... Beach Boys friend back in the day. Yeah, uh, was that? Was it Dennis Wilson,
1: De- I think? Dennis Wilson, yeah, but then one of the one of the Manson dudes, like, wrecked his car. Or, anyway, there's a, there's a lot to unpack there, but, um... But I just found out like the Beach Boys ended up recording one of Manson's songs. One of his songs. But they changed all the words to it or like a lot of the words to it and like some of the melodies. So basically at that point, is it even the same song? Is it even the song?
3: but you would still like he would still get a songwriting credit i would think no
1: he didn't get a credit on it uh well then
2: that's kind of well, i, I mean, think that's what caused that, the whole all of the may- the mayhem
0: there there was yeah that's what caused him to like lose everything and to, yeah to freak out and uh yeah. you know inspire people to, to murder
2: yeah uh anyway the world's probably better off without charles manson in it um yeah
0: so, so I, w- I had to look up because i knew there were some others that have have passed since we Last recorded convened. Um, we we mentioned one. We'll bring that up. But uh, rapper Lil Peep. Oh
1: yeah. Uh, oh yeah.
3: That guy was like twenty one. That's crazy. Uh, I a, had
2: never heard of him until white that rapper. happened. Emo yeah. rapper. Yeah. 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 I, what the hell is an emo rap? Yeah. It uh,
0: of sad, uh, it's a AC/ sad ACDC co-founder rapping. frontman Malcolm oh, Mal- Young. Malcolm Young uh, passed away on the 18th. Oh, uh, that's right. Uh, which uh, since the last time we recorded, country singer Mel Tillis. Oh, I didn't oh. know that. I actually I heard that. The, the,
2: the,
1: that's tragic.
0: Oh man, that was,
1: uh, uh, was Ryan, I know really that's a bad me? joke. So that was stupid. too soon.: it's Bad on many different levels. Right? Um, yeah.
0: uh, another uh, Della Reese, uh, singer and actress. Oh yeah, uh, passed away. Uh, and of course the one that we we mentioned before we started recording, David Cassidy.
3: Yeah, a lot. Several. Maybe. Yeah, it's hard to
0: come
2: on, get happy. Like, oh, I don't know, man. I think I love you.: um, <laughs> <laughs>
3: What are you so afraid of?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's a that's an <laughs> okay seventies top forty song. What? Shit. Come on, get happy! Uh, I think I love it. I think I love. Oh, you. it's a yeah. fine song. Yeah.
1: yeah, I was just saying, come on, get happy. That's a theme song well, uh, of the yeah. family. Well, that, yes. that, is, that is true. Right.
2: Well, apparently, he wasn't all that happy in his life and had some. No, struggles. and then
1: he had like early onset dementia. Yeah, 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 like yeah, lots of stuff going on with that dude. Well, maybe Dela yeah. Re- he went out with Dela Reese and. Touched by an angel. So there you go. I'd like to was, that, the was that her show? It was her show. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, I, I recognized
2: her face as being like a...
1: It's because that show was on when... Sort of, of we, omnipresent. When we were in like, the, in, in like our like freshmen in college and late in high school. And the only time that song came... Or that song. That show came on on like... Thanks, Ryan. On like Saturday nights, I think. Whatever time it came on, we were out partying, number one. And number two, we're not going to watch some hokey show about...
2: I just remember uh, angels, back touching. On, uh, angels touching people. On yeah. no. <laughs> d- actually,
1: that's uh, <laughs> on
2: Love Lines back in the day. Um, they had a guest who—it's um, a great story. Did right? voiceovers? I'm not done yet. Oh, okay, asshole. sorry. Go ahead. Um, did voiceovers for whatever network that was on, and so he did a voiceover for a promo for uh, Touch by an Angel, They called it Touch by an Uncle. Yeah, <laughs> and it sounded—you know—I mean, it was that guy. So that's anyway. pretty funny. Yeah, like I he enjoyed. recorded it that way. Well like, they just asked him to do like a uh, This funny, week on Touched by an Uncle. Touched by an Uncle. Yeah. Sketchy. A lot of sketchy going
3: around. Well, I think we we've talked about Everything except for the reason why we're here.
1: All right, yeah. The cure of bloodflowers. The cure. The cure. <laughs> that's
3: funny. Ryan, Ryan let up the... Ryan, you,
1: you, that was like an impress. That was like Lars Gorenson saying, <laughs> the cure. <laughs>
3: There's a little bit of uh, Dieter from uh, vintage uh, Mike oh, Myers. Dieter's, today, Dieter's more
2: militant. Sure, that's um, true, too. And yeah, German. And angular and yeah. German.
3: But, yeah. Um, anyway. All that is true. But I do think that you the, the sort of... Um, it, I will tell you guys this right from the get go. Um, it I was really trying to to encapsulate what I thought about this record, and one thing that occurred to me that I think is it's a weird analogy, but I to me it's apt. It's like I would never go to a um, Tim Burton film festival. <laughs> like, like go on. <laughs> like, there was a there was a piece that I read about about this record and the fact that um, that Robert Smith feels like it's the, the, the last of a trilogy. Of the trilogy. Yes. Um, and then uh, this one thing that I was reading was talking about uh, how, I guess, at some point for some audience in Berlin, they performed like four or five of these albums in their entirety... Like it seemingly in a no, row. it was
2: the, it was the troika, if you will. It was uh, pornography, disintegration, and blood flowers. Well,
3: it looked what I read. Maybe I maybe I scanned it wrong, but like what I what I read looked like more. And I was just like, I was like, what if you are like you know if you're like on song six of like record two, and it's essentially like the musical equivalent of. Uh, Andy Kaufman <laughs> reading the Great Gatsby well Record, well, <laughs> record two is awesome. Yeah, Well, record, well and maybe I, that's yeah, not I, the example I have things like, I want to say
1: about that. Oh, okay, sure, sure. Go in. Well, no, no, it's just throughout the show or whatever. I'm just gonna say how I feel about no, this. You should get it all out right now. That's right. will just but like it you be like an say right right now, like
2: He's b- about b- to get b- it all b- out, b- but b- it's mostly phlegm. Oh right.
1: Speaking of yeah. So okay. So this is my feeling on The Cure, Bloodflowers. At the time that this record came out, I uh, I saw that it was often said it was a return to form. Um, and in fact, if you go on the Wikipedia page, it says that on the Wikipedia page. And when I first listened to this record, I loved the first song, personally. I thought it was fucking awesome. I thought it was wistful, and there were lots of, like, it kind of sounded like an, an addition to the last song, untitled on Disintegration. It kind of had that. There's, a, it was like a sad, whimsy, wistful thing going on. I really liked it. I was like, cool. And then it rapidly spir- unspiraled for me. Um, but um, I, I, I realized upon subsequent listenings that I didn't dislike it as much as I thought in the beginning. But I really hate the way it sounds. Like I hate the. It's like basically somebody tried to turn the Cure into Creed.
2: I didn't. Have I didn't any, get that. I Yeah, I didn't have any trouble with the production. Um,
1: I just the drumming is just really rock drumming, and it's got a lot of flange on it. It's like. Well, it has a lot of the
2: same instrumentation as Disintegration, which I love. Um, I love Disintegration. Yeah, but, Disintegration but is a
1: fucking capital M masterpiece. M- minus
2: the songs. So I feel like. Here's how I, I could love this song. I try to say something nice about each record we covered. And Do you? Here it is. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying, dude. Okay. I had to struggle a little bit. with okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't lo- um, I don't love this record by any stretch of the If country. I were 25 years younger and had been like, like um, really into a girl from afar, and then it turns out she was into me also, and I just found that out, and then we took the right drugs and made out and lived to this, I'd probably mm-hmm. enjoy it more.
1: I don't think it's that bad. Uh, there, there. If you it, once I listened to it a couple of times, um, got past the production aspect of it. There are a couple of good songs on the, on the record. There's nothing that comes close to anything like in their prime.
2: There's a bunch of stuff that starts really well that I get really excited about, and then Robert Smith comes in and it just drags no, it down.
1: I, I feel like it, this is really. How many times did you listen to this? Because like every t- uh, two in fits and starts. I listened to it in. Four times, and and I because I li- I had such a different reaction from the, it was a, almost a week between the first time I listened to it and the second time, and I had such a different reaction. I was like, "Well, I have to listen to it many more." Don't get me Don't get me wrong. Like, on, if it were a letter grade from you know A to F, I mean, this would probably be a C. You C, know, C
2: minus, man. Like
1: C or C minus, yeah. But I mean, but there, there's aggregate uh, Metacritic score is sixty nine, and I'm like. Yeah, that's about right. Um, yeah, I mean, sure, that sounds fine to me. Uh, I, you know, there's nothing. I I hated it the first time I listened to it, but it, I warmed up to it. And like this, if you look at it, like, okay, if you look at it in the in the in the the shadow of earlier brilliance of the band. Well, well and that's
2: it, fair. Yeah, that's that's something worth pointing out um, because. You know, like you're not gonna hit it out of the park every time out of the gate, and like this band has done so much brilliant music in the past.
1: Well, but it's also, I mean, you gotta gotta think that you kind of gotta think too, and the, and I think the way that I warmed up to a little bit more was considering it as like just like a a minor record that you put on vinyl when it's snowing outside or something or you know you're drinking red wine and yeah it's kind it. of
2: a mood music background kind right of thing.
1: right if you look at it in that way it 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 it's a better idea than if you look at it as like the cathartic masterpiece that disintegration was you well, can't and, and you and disintegration, can't like i mean you're just engaged well like it's the whole a time. fucking home run dude i mean that record is fucking in, insanely brilliant i don't know that's where i am on that kevin
3: yeah, <clears throat> so, contrary to what, uh, one of the things that, like, the whole um, Tim Burton film festival comment, like, I legitimately think that, like, generally, that just sort of speaks to my overall bent on the cure, which is to say that, like, there are there are uh, some terrific songs in the catalog, some albums are clearly stronger than others, which I guess you can technically say about all bands, but um, but generally speaking, like, the the uh cure formula the, the overall like cure formula, yeah, doesn't like I'm not a huge fan of it, I don't dislike it, but i'm don't I'm not drawn to it. It's the doom and gloom aspect of it yeah, maybe so, but anyway, but i th- I think contrary to what I was talking about earlier, the other thing that stuck with me upon first blush with this record was that like I actually enjoyed some of these songs quite a bit at first listen because I hadn't already been inundated with them so much of the cures catalog I've heard ad nauseum like just to the point of like you can't like it just you know it's uh it is it's a flavor I've tasted a thousand times so it's like with with this I was like okay there's so and it's like there's a certain amount of like not to a jam bandy place but it's like there's a certain amount of meandering that it's like if I'm in the groove and I'm and I'm kind of enjoying where the song is going. It's like I'm I'm kind of okay
1: if it takes a little while to get there. Sometimes, yeah, they do that a lot on Disintegration, where there's long instrumental passages. At well, the beginning well, it of the builds song.
2: up, but it's more cathartic on Disintegration. Well, it's, I think yeah. part
1: of that is there's there's a there's a different level of dynamics. It's more cathartic because the payoff is is dip. but I the thing is is that like I don't mind it being. I mean the songs are not as good, but they're also something different. Like, like I think the reviewers definitely, is, we all want to put it them into like a box. Like, I think like give them a little little bit of credit. Like it's not as it's not as one note. It's all it.
2: about artists like trying to uh, affect growth, and it's not going to work every time. And to me, this one just didn't as much. But like, that's not to say that they're wrong for trying. Oh, it's um, not
1: a great album, but it, it. But I think, like, again, I think it's one of those that definitely rewards more listenings to it. And it did for me, for sure. Uh, the second
2: time through, I liked it less. In fact, I was thinking about, like, the few times in uh, high school where I, like, got detention and there was a clock on the wall and you yeah. just see the, the second ticking by and i'm like i'm going to be here forever <laughs> and literally it was like an hour and a half but uh,
3: there was a what was the joke that uh that our friend uh <coughs> hefe used to tell about he said they had a he had a professor that was so uh what, boring that he yeah. said that if he had 6 months to live he would take his class again so it would Yeah, he ripped longer. that joke off. I'm, I'm sure. Was, yeah. yeah. I
2: think that was a Anthony Clark joke, but anyway, yeah. Also like, also yeah. funny. Yeah, still funny.
3: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, why don't we listen to one of these songs? Okay, let's do that. Well, you like the first song. So I do, do like it?
1: the first song quite a bit, actually. That's the that's the one song I really li- liked on that. There are songs that after that come up later in the record, like the Last Day of Summer. Um, I like I liked lowercase all, but this one I I liked a lot. So let's
0: listen to Out of This World. Okay, coming at you now.
1: Yeah, it's not just like heaven, but it's pretty. It's a pretty wash of sound, and I yeah, I, it's, a, it's a nice
2: ambient uh, little I, thing. But um, I, you know, I go into that. I say little thing. It's stuff. like six minutes and forty three seconds. <laughs> right. But, yeah. 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 yeah they, but
1: I mean, like again, like it's good. Like what, what I was saying, like you know, background music or whatever. But it's, but not totally. I, I just think it's pretty. Like it's nice. Like I could have. I could. This is a great album to like put on and walk your dogs to. It's a passive listen. I think
2: this song sounds no, like I think it should be, fair. like, the B-side to Pictures of You. You know, like, a thing that they were fooling around with in the studio. Like, we were talking about this, actually. Um, so, uh, me, Kevin, and Mark all went to Shane's, like, kind of love seat reunion,
0: which is a thing that he did for years. Shane was there, too, actually. I was Shane was, I, the, I Shane was, was, was performing. Yes.
2: Uh, but we talked a little bit about what we thought about this record, and I was like, it, it just kind of sounds like outtakes and B-sides from Disintegration.
1: I mean, I get what you're saying when you say that. It makes total sense to me. Um, I think it's a little bit better than that, but not too much more. But I mean, you know, it is what it is. It's it's dis- it was disappointing expecting a return to form, but th- that song in particular, I, I I thought was great. I just thought it was a nice little affecting song. Yeah. And the lyrics are great on it.
3: No, I enjoyed it too and it and like and that's in, that's one of those situations where they kind of set the stage and they let you know like right off Robert Smith's letting you know right off the bat that like some of these songs, we're just not going to be in a hurry to, like, it is the pace
2: that it is, and uh well, settle virtually in. all of the songs on it are long.
1: If you go to um, Disintegration, there's like, you know, Disintegration itself, that's a nine-minute-long song. Yeah, but for
2: some reason, that doesn't bother yeah, because me. You know what it is? It's, okay. Disintegration has inertia on it, like, throughout, no matter how long well, each song is. Songs
1: are way, way better, um, but there's some interesting instrumental parts on this.
2: So, uh, let, me, let
3: me share a little... Uh, thought here that so stereo gum did a, wrote an article a couple of years ago about ranking the cure albums from worst to best. There were I guess all told like there have been what eleven, twelve? How many what's the what's the I overall think number? Fourteen. Okay. Anyway, Blood Flowers um per their ranking system came in at ten. Uh and this is what the what the author had to say about this record. I think it's kind of uh, noteworthy. He said if Wild Mood Swings and uh this is side note, people seem to really fucking hate that record. If Wild Mood Swings was a failed attempt to channel the energy of Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me Blood Flowers is a modestly successful attempt to recapture the stately gr- gloom of disintegration and wish coming directly after uh wms sputtered in the public eye it was an immediate and dramatic improvement over that record but you can't shake the feeling that we're getting calculated fan service in the place of genuine inspiration so the you know the point that this guy seems to be making is is that it is it's a little bit of
2: paint by numbers cure it kind of feels like that to me i mean it sounds definitely sounds like a cure record um so on their wikipedia page in inter- they they in talking about critical response entertainment weekly called it a uh one of the band's most affecting works a less favorable review came from trouser press trouser press which wrote and they <laughs> yeah. pull no punches yeah um blood flowers feels like a forced recreation recreation of the earlier gloomy classics the album sounds completely uninspired as smith and company go through the motions of curedness. I wouldn't say that quite as much, but... But um, you
1: definitely wouldn't say the first one, either.
2: New, No. I no. think this would be a great record to nap to.
1: Yeah, it's not a bad record. Uh, er, you know, ergo, the, 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 the C, my C rating. Which, by the way, we've never really come up with, like... Sometimes we'll, we'll rate it I know, with stars. We, yeah, we use... Sometimes favorite. we use stars. Sometimes we use thumbs-ups. Sometimes we use letters. Um, I'm okay with that. You know, we're...
2: Like the...
1: We're not here to actually rate records, the I the, think. We're the
2: Dada critics. I don't we're, know. We're here to um. just...
1: We're here to talk about them. But, yeah, I mean, you know, I... I, I Dude, I got to tell you, the first time I listened to this record, I f- pretty much hated it. Um, not hated it. I hated it... But it's interesting because li- then I went back and, and a lot of the songs that... Once I got past the production thing, um, a lot of the songs I didn't like the first time, there's all this, like like echo, like, like, re- I don't know, dude. I don't, I don't, apparently the dude that recorded their, their album after this was like, he's considered one of the godfathers of new metal and emo production. So thank you. Oh, thank me. Yeah. Thank me for not taking yeah. that album. But this, this album sounds like it's kind of going in that way production wise.
2: So, uh, I listened to this record again for the second time today. And after it ended, uh, Like, I was off, you know, um, know, doing something else. Like, I had my little uh, cube speaker on or whatever. And it immediately went to a different Cure song. And it was in between days. And I got so happy.
1: The same thing. Push came on off the head on the door. uh, Same record. Um, And I was like, yeah, now that's a good song. That's a great song. Look, I don't... Like, I'm not saying... I'm not defending this record at all in any way, so don't don't think that I am. I'm just saying, like, after after a few listens, I gave myself a few listens to it, and it's much better than initially presented itself to me to be if I look at it in the right context. Like, it's not a bad record. If I look at it in the context of, of some of the fucking best songs of the 80s, mid, mid you know, entire 80s and early 90s, like, yeah, fucking...
2: Well, that, was, that was their heyday, and so it's also, like, I don't know if it's not fair, but, like, for bands that, you know, one gets, like, really into and just loves, I, I mean, I've heard every Cure record from the 80s, uh, and probably through, like, Wish, I've heard, like, just every record all the way through, I haven't owned all of them, but I've, I've listened to them, and I, I genuinely enjoyed them, I, I typically like the singles quite a bit more than some of the album tracks, but they're good album tracks on those, too, Um but hearing this in comparison to that and like you know they're older uh, I, I you know I
1: wonder what part of it has to do with um, you know Robert Smith you know th- the cure you know I think he was 18 maybe 19 when their first 1976
2: n- uh, when I thought it was 79 when they, when they well that well that's three imaginary that release but they got together in
1: 76. They were still, yeah, definitely in high school. 79, three imaginary boys. Um, but, you know, then he's also he's also obviously a difficult human being. Um, well, okay,
2: that was the other thing that was funny about their Wikipedia page is all the personnel changes. And it wasn't as bad as, uh, what was that other British band that we were looking at? The, the fall? fall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who they had like 30 past members. Well, The Cure seems to have a lot of past members, but they'll get fired and then come back.
1: And then come back, yeah. Fired or
2: quit. Fired or quit or pushed out by the other members. So There was one of them that was a raging alcoholic. and uh, They said, we're going to quit unless you kick him out. Um, but apparently, yeah, Robert Smith, who apparently has been married for, I don't know, 30 some odd years or yeah. something. Uh, something like
1: that. Anyway. I don't know. We should probably listen to another one of these songs. Um, do you want to do, um, I don't know, let's say um, close to you. Oh, wait, we got to stick with this one. Uh, how, <laughs> how about the last day of summer I actually like this song So easy. I never even tried.
0: Yeah, it used to be so easy.
1: But the last
0: Song is on the uh, soundtrack of a lost John Hughes movie. It is?
3: Nah, it's just, I think he should be. That's what it feels like. Something. He wants it to yeah. be. Yeah. Where like somebody's like walking in the rain. Yeah. 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 Oh, I see what. Right. Ill fitting jacket.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, uh, when you said "walking in the rain," it reminded me of Orange Juice Jones yes, walking in the rain. Not,
3: not that, uh, not that track. I kind of enjoyed but, that song more than anything on this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, shut up! You fucking—I knew you were going to hate this. So shit. this
3: is this is funny. So r- the the guy who reviewed this record for Rolling Stone said, "Even when the Cure were scoring top ten album sales, fans needed to try to treat them as a dance band and singles outfit." This is what he said that I thought was funny. He said... That's weird. Well, yeah. But I'm also kind of just giving you a snippet. It's not totally in context. But he says, Smith is incapable of writing five bad songs in a row, even hopeless records like 1992's Wish, per this guy, uh, sports some saving grace like Friday I'm in Love. But he can write four bad songs in
2: a row. (laughs) And Cure albums tend to leak filler like an attic spilling insulation. (laughs) All right, well he just negated his entire review by saying Friday I'm in love is I a think Wish is song.
1: a brilliant record except Friday a.m. I'm in love I fucking
2: hate that that's their um shiny, shiny happy, happy people, people. Yeah.
0: yeah like how much of it do I don't you love hate that hate because song. of its popularity though
2: What's that how I don't, I that personally
0: do hate don't hate that song I dislike oh, it Oh not because but, it's popular I just think it's a
2: it. shit song Yeah I don't and, and it's I don't mind of, it but like it's nothing of what I like about the Cure uh, there is I like, like how Ryan was very greater,
1: emphatically enunciating. it's nothing.
2: Well, no, the, okay, okay. Well, uh, on the edge of the what is deep it? Blue deep blue sea. sea. Right,
3: Kevin's
1: raising his record,
2: hand. Kevin's raising his hand.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I was just gonna say, like, the, I think the larger point than nailing a specific song to the cross is, uh, is just like okay, like generally speaking, I, the idea that the, that there are that the filler songs really feel like filler songs. I think you can. I feel like you can see some of that on this
2: record. That's I mean that said, I I actually ended up kind of enjoying it. All right, my inner A and R guy says, I don't hear a single.
1: Okay, well I understand what you're saying, like but I don't I I actually take a little bit of umbrage with the with the idea of a filler song because the idea of a filler song um is this idea that every song needs to be like you know, I lost that once I started listening to the Red House Painters. Once I started listening to like bands that are slower, that don't necessarily have hooks, that or like. Um, well, you're you're you know, talking like,
2: about an LP as like a novel. Um, whereas, yeah, like some. Sure. Go ahead, school
1: me on that, Ryan. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. <dude. laughs> well, no. What I'm telling you is that, like, you, I understand what you're saying. I'm saying from my point of view, there are there can you can have a top. to Again. I don't love this record. I don't even close to love it. Like, but I I think it's a bullshit construct that like and not to say that that's what you were saying and you like like I liked it a lot more than I think uh, I think it's there's an idea that like um the reason why I was going off on this diatribe, Kevin is because you said the word filler. Nothing to do with you personally. Just sure. that that word like gets pushed around like I mean, just Just a crutch word, but but I have something to say about it, but I'll wait. Well, I was in the middle of something before you cut, but go ahead. ahead. Tell me about the novel and how how to write an album.
2: Well, my point is uh, some bands like Red House Painters and uh, various others write albums. And then there are bands that are put together to put out like a couple of singles. And they do literally have songs that are just little shit shows. And in fairness, in between.
3: The, the music construct has you could I think it's pretty easy to make an argument that the that the at least the way that music is consumed or the perception and <laughs> the way that it's that it's sold more often these days is is a lot different than it was sold in, in 2000. Yeah, That's right. true yeah. and whatnot. So.
1: No, I hear what you're saying. It's just one of those I, I get what you're saying, Ryan, like completely. I'm just busting balls. But it um like there's a lot of times like one man's when it comes to singles bands, or like, um, I was gonna say like Level Forty Two, or some kind of, you know, similar uh, right. band in the '80s, like um, Ninety
2: Eight Degrees, or something.
1: yeah, something like that. Then yeah, there's filler songs like that. But I mean, somebody if somebody's putting out like a heartfelt LP, like something like this, like that, they're
2: trying to make it a
1: complete work. Yeah, they're not they're not putting out stuff that they consider filler. You know,
2: no, they're generally uh, genuinely trying
3: to make a the cohesive work.
1: Now they may put out some fucking shit songs in the process of that, but...
3: Well, and I, I do, like, I think it's a fair question to ask, and, like,
1: I have no idea, like, and it's
3: not presented, like,
1: it's not presented or written in a
3: way that, like, hey, the, the Cure had had a contract for X number of albums and they had to have this one out by a certain time, but I do think that, like, there are probably situations where bands reach a certain strata and there are expectations on having something turn out, and it's, like, sometimes you're not as inspired as you were when I think drawing. I like,
0: think... You hit the nail on the head there. I think that you know people start to expect a certain level of of songwriting, inspiration, or whatever, or, or yeah. a hit, just a, an album full of hits. When you have the prior success that, like the Cure had, Robert Smith had with the songwriting, and not everything is going to come out that way. Well, well but they wanted, so so he's be interpreting a- it as filler because. He thinks that Robert Smith should just be able to write a whole album of hits. Just vomit
2: hits. Yeah, exactly. Well, and you could say the same thing about R.E.M. and U2. Like, those guys, like, I mean, uh, arguably uh, were, you know, some of the greatest bands of the 80s and early 90s and then just kind of fell off and did fulfill their contracts. Uh, this may have been The Cure's last uh, record for fiction. I um, think it was, yeah.
1: Hey, guys, if you want to go, let's, it's yeah, intermission we time. We're a little over. All right.
3: Hey, so uh, years ago, when I first rolled into Austin on Thanksgiving morning, many, many moons ago, uh, one of the uh, compact discs that I had in my car at that time was a record from a band from L.A. called That Dog. And, um, you know, it kind of like we can we'll talk about sort of uh, how that comes together. But I remember at the time thinking like, oh, this, you know, this is it's like it really fit the vibe of uh, getting in the car and moving all your shit from one city to another. Was that your tiny Honda? I don't remember what I was driving then, but yeah, it was a while ago anyway, so the point being um rolled into rolled into town and um i have not i haven't uh come across this this act in a long long time, and I was just fishing through some stuff today and i came across this uh this their uh nineteen ninety seven release on Geffen records and um there is a track on this this album called Minneapolis that struck it, it strikes me funny for a variety of reasons not the least of which is Minneapolis is really like part of the chorus and it's that's a hard word to make into part of the chorus but they do it and uh and it's a little bit of storytelling now I will say there's not a proper video of this uh song but um there is a blogger who I guess writes and talks about music some who uh posted uh, video of just uh, Footage from riding around on a bike In downtown Minneapolis set to Set to this track So that's so what that we'll watch dog. Here. Yeah. So this is That Dog
1: I was at the Jabberjaw The cutest boy I ever saw He was standing behind me He was such a dream He kept looking right Want to see him every day Randy told me where he lives In Minneapolis Hung around for
3: closing time want to make him mine online Told my friends I want to And they embarrassed me Took my keys up for my car Walked down the street not buried So, um so again the video that we watched was uh was just
2: uh there's no actual formal official video for that track and it's so like somebody just strapped a GoPro to their bicycle and right rode yeah. around, yeah. Rode it was around. Kind, of
0: a, kind of a helmet cam and th- I'm kind of concerned I thought it was still
1: pretty in inter- her safety yeah she doesn't I was really kind of to concerned to as well but she's I thought it, very much. I thought it was pretty entertaining just to like see this city I've never <laughs> been to before. It was
3: like, <laughs> exactly and I was thinking like I was like
2: well, we have watched videos with less narrative than that. <laughs> like,
1: like professionally like produced. Videos. A yes,
3: lot of yeah. them. Yeah. What so. was the one
2: that culminates with like eating a McDonald's cheeseburger?
1: Oh, that's uh, the one you picked. That yeah. was uh, uh, <laughs> so Stone and Starving. Stone and <laughs> yeah, yeah. and Starving.
3: Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, so that was um that was off the record Retreat from the Sun a song called Minneapolis about uh literally a story about um about the lead singer uh, meeting a guy I guess presumably from the band low uh, in Minneapolis and this little story about like uh you know kind of being a being I guess in this case like a young girl in her 20s and this dude that she meets and it's all about whether or not she would move to Minneapolis to be with this dude and the answer is uh no, but she sings about Minneapolis a lot.
1: Well, you know, so you said before the song started, you were like, "That's a difficult word to sing." It's actually not if you think about it. Like as a singer, it's it's the cons- way they break it up is interesting. Well, it's interesting the way they break it up, but it's it's like a five syllable song. Like I think Minneapolis, yes, five syllables. It Starts with a hard consonant, hard consonant in the middle. Starts with a with a soft consonant. Yeah. Um. So you you don't have to. It's easy to sing, and also... Um, it's kind
2: of hard to rhyme to, though. I mean, I just get, like, Persepolis there were, there, or
1: there were, there, no, there were no rhymes. Yeah, that's true. I was yeah. waiting yeah. for a good rhyme. But it was a no fun it was a fun song to sing, yeah. Like, you'd have to be very clever to rhyme it, but it's a fun fun, not song to sing, word to sing. Um, we in, should
3: give. Oh, go ahead, Shane. That was a
1: great little song. It's a, a really '90s yeah. great little. It's a song. totally it's a really, great '90s. It's very, song. very '90s. That and that also represents like the last gasp of when you could be a band that sounded like that and be on a major label.
3: Yeah, that's true. Things well, like
1: and like
2: so. Apparently, uh, Anna Warrinker, uh, who's the yes. lead vocalist, is the daughter of record industry mogul yes. Lenny Warrinker. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that and probably helps. And married to Steve McDonald of Red Cross, who I saw open for the Lemonheads at Liberty Launch many, many moons ago.
3: Yeah, but led uh, to that end, it's like so you read, like you hear this this song, and I don't know, like I haven't ever seen, I haven't read an interview specific to that track, but um, it is kind of interesting that it's like that song is what it's about, and then she married a dude from, from an, you know
0: from an indie band. What but what city was he from?
3: He was also from California. Oh, okay. But I, but Lowe is from is from Metro, uh, Minnesota, so Minneapolis, MSP, as they call it.
2: Yeah, but fun, fun little song. Uh, it's a ditty. Yeah, it I reminds me a little like a bit. sonically. It reminds me a little of like
3: Velocity Girl. Oh, sure. And uh, it would have come out. You know, I mean, it came out in nineteen ninety seven. So
1: yeah, right around the same time.
3: Yeah. Anyway, so all of you, are collectively and individually, welcome. I appreciate. Yeah, that was nice. That was totally yeah. up my alley. Sure. Yes, and another. It's a you know, it's a palate cleanser. Before Certainly. We, before we, we get, get back, back in. into
2: the dire uh, <laughs> morass, <laughs> <that is. laughs>
3: blood flowers. <laughs> let's, let let's everybody get a, get a buddy. Let's walk back into the cave.
2: So we're back on the cure. So, is that <laughs> working for you guys?
1: Yeah, I had my fingers crossed. You were going to nail it like you always do. I don't even know why I had to cross my why fingers. Do you, why
0: do you doubt him?
1: I don't know. You
0: know, I don't know
1: because sometimes it seems like he walks a tightrope, and just he's a master impressionist. Yes. He the one thing played. that, I, I, that, that
3: I noticed with that last song that we listened to before the break, Ryan, that I didn't that you didn't vocalize, but I wonder if you picked up on the fact that like. Some of the guitar sounded like it was that sort of uh, that that deal where it sounds like it's been left in the back seat of your car for a while under the oh you're side. talking about the Mac Demarco L- effect a little the, bit a little bit of the Mac Demarco and... like yeah oh that
1: one yeah yeah
2: which Shane and I don't seem to have a problem I with I do feel like uh, a lot of the guitars on this sound like downtuned like I'm not you know I'm telling
1: shame. you whatever the producer is trying to it's he's trying to make the Cure sound like Creed. Well, that's That's my issue with the production on this record. That's an
2: insult to this record. Um, But that said, I don't know, man. It's Uh, not an
1: insult to the songwriting. It's just I love
2: The Cure. They've provided me so much entertainment. Yeah,
1: look, it's not a great record. You don't have to say, I don't know, man. I think we're all in agreement on this. But it's not a bad record. I think you and Kevin are like the... I think I'm right in the middle of you guys. I mean, literally, I am. You are (laughs) physically in the
2: middle of us right now. But,
1: yeah, like... I I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I it's fine. Yeah, it just it
2: interminably bored me. Which I, I definitely th-
1: don't. But I mean, but again, I mean, it's your it's your opinion. Yeah, I am I am sticking with the
3: opinion that um I was I was the, frankly the fact that these were cure songs that I didn't already know is a plus, but the fact that there that there aren't um. You know, in as much as Robert Smith would gr- grab anybody by the lapel, like none of these tracks do that. But I'm actually also even okay
2: with a little bit of the meandering around and taking a while to well get. Well, and the, it's not like the tempos either. It's that because like sure, there are. I mean, more the Intent than cure the, songs than the in their past catalog that have slow tempos that I'm just like enraptured with. Right. Um, I, I'm not sure what happened here, but. Um, This is probably not going to be one that I'm going to re-engage with often. So here is, uh, let me share a little bit of the A.V. Club take
3: on this album. They don't really pull a lot of punches, but I do think it's an interesting assertion. The guy says, after more than 20 years of gloom, The Cure has gradually acknowledged as one of the most influential forefathers of alternative rock. Many of today's stars were yesterday's shy bedroom goths receiving guidance through robert smith's depressive opuses and the and the group has sla- been slattered with cultist de- cultish devotion throughout its career even when critical praise has been tentative at best finality is a recurring theme for smith he's always singing about ending a relationship his life and in many cases his band sadly after a surprising run of impressive albums the cure might have missed its chance
2: to quit gracefully that's his I'm day. with you on that um Same, like, when I'm talking about U2 and how R.E.M. went on way too long, like, they could have probably bowed out uh, earlier and preserved their legacy, but you know what, like, they're still making money on tour, and, like, that's fine. Sure. I will say this, though, um, like, The Cure was one of those bands that, when I was in high school, that there were a certain, like, kind of, you know, in South Park, they call them the goth kids or whatever, but, like, you know, it was mostly people who were just, like, definitely not jocks. And it was The Cure, The Smiths, and Depeche Mode that they were were all into. Yeah. Um, That was the one that if you liked one of them, you were into all of them. Um, And to some extent, New Order. And they're probably, you know, Susie the Banshees, who Robert Smith played with a little bit. Uh, But anyway, uh, why don't we get into another tune, Shane?
1: Yeah, sure. You know, let's listen to um, a little bit of the longest track on the record, "Watching Me Fall," because while this song, in its eleven-minute-long glory, does get much, much better in the body of the song, in the beginning, it kind of completely encapsulates what I was saying about like with the real rock drumming, like the whatever. That's it. that's how exactly that's how super it sounds.
2: accurate. Yeah. Michael Winslow's here. Yep. Yep. Yeah,
1: just like you. That's where <laughs> I impression it. I impersonate. Um, uh, musical instruments, and you. Yeah, I I do voices. Stick to the voices, right? Ah. And And so
3: comes another ringtone. Yeah,
1: (laughs) (laughs) and so um they uh. Anyway, whatever. Let's just listen to a little bit of this song, and um, you can hear how um I feel like the producers try to change the Cure into Nickelback in the beginning.
3: Watching me fall.
1: Some Scott staff in the in the beginning of it.
2: Well, okay, I do think that you have a point with um, the production on the drums sounds thin. Um, it just has a
1: specific style that it's just and Whoa. and it, you know and it's also the playing. Like I don't like that kind of rock drum playing personally. Well,
3: it does it does sound like it's a little bit more of a stadium approach to
2: what it is that they do. Yes. Like, um, I don't know if I'm, I mentioned this yet, but I saw them on this tour. Oh yeah, on the Bloodflowers tour. Yeah, I went with uh, Kevin. You remember Aaron, the girl you just believe like uh, three minute long. Um, Hi, uh, Ryan. Answering machine <laughs> messages.
3: <laughs> yeah, I would just walk and out
2: they of would the just room. Meander. Yeah, they never. She took anywhere. me to
1: Radiohead. Like she I, did. Yeah, like right after I broke up with Felice, I think like she had like tickets for you or something. Like she ended up giving me her other ticket.
2: Uh, that is a weird. She was a weird, weird chick. Very nice. Very, very weird. Anyway, but no, my, my point was, like with the cure, uh, seeing them on this tour, I was bored by that show, even by the hits like they played slower. Um, I've seen Duran Duran that way. I've seen R.E.M. that way. Like when they just kind of like lost their luster, they just look bit. like they're cash and checks.
1: Yeah, I, I pun- saw punching I, the clock. I, I saw the Cure in 1996 here in Austin um, during Wild Mood Swings, which is nobody's favorite definition of Rick a great no. album. Yeah. And um, and so the weirdest thing about that tour, um, it was it was pretty fun, but then all of a sudden Robert Smith went to the back of the stadium and emerged in a fucking large, like an extra large hockey jersey, and then they proceeded to do medleys of. Just like having, a, like a like love song, like medley of like a lot of their f- most famous songs, while he's playing an acoustic guitar in like a Kevin Smith I mean, like, hockey jersey. Like, mm. mm-hmm. It was truly bizarre.
2: Yeah, it it gets a little weird when um, people get to the stature where like nobody will tell them no, or like, hey man, maybe that's a bad idea, or you don't
1: care. I know he drinks a. lot lot so i
2: don't know about that i know one of like the long uh long-term members the cure got kicked out for drinking so uh who knows uh well all in all anyway uh, what I'll, i'll just say about this particular song uh it had kind of the effect the rest of the record did in that i started thinking about other things while it was playing um I was just thinking about, like, what I need to do after the show <laughs> and like, who I need to call.
3: Well,
1: I mean, we, we determined it's it's better as background music than as, like, get excited about stuff music anyway, it's, yeah. This
3: is a part of our new segment, Stuff
2: Ride Has to Do
1: After
3: oh, no, the Show. Oh, no, I had a mental
2: <laughs> checklist going, like, while the song was playing. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, no, it's good. Just is, making is lists like over this, Is that the um, close your eyes and think of the queen aspect of the show, or...?
2: I'm not sure where you're going with that. It's uh, it,
0: never mind. It has to be a just Morrissey think reference. We it, haven't had one yet.
2: Is that? Like, oh well, no, we we already brought up the Smiths because I, I brought up uh, the Smiths. Uh, Cure, uh, Depeche uh, Mode. Oh uh, yeah, right. it did not Triad, get called. At. But we made it like 50 minutes into the show yeah. without doing that. So that's some kind of record right there. It's kind of a, it's a. I just medical. want to, from
1: now on. At this, I'm just going to blurt it out in the middle of the show. Morrissey. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. There it is. You already brought up
2: Creed, so
1: like we're, oh, we're I covered. Know. I know. Yeah, I know. All right. Well, guys, thanks for listening. Ryan, what you got for us?
2: Uh, Yeah, Current Affair. Um, technically, this came out over a year ago, but not by much. Sh-
1: Fucker.
2: Uh, the other one that I have that is new is from Austin, and you also get pissy about that. So I'm not doing That's that. That's true. Um, so I'm going to do the O.C.'s uh, Plastic
0: Plant.
1: So now we know the um, answer to the perpetual question. What would Led Zeppelin have sounded like if they had gotten really really (laughs) into LSD instead of cocaine? If it had been about, like, the zombies? (laughs) (laughs) Basically, that's what... What a great, great! But you see what I'm saying, though. Like, I, I that do.
2: No, I wouldn't have noticed it till you brought it
1: up. But like, it's that propulsive. It's very propulsive, and, and, and but, it, like, but then it's also it's like it's the
2: opposite of bloodflowers. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: totally. I expect like like um, bloodflowers to be like floating in the video, like around, like people are like, whoa.
0: I feel like songs like that are they're they're written and recorded for live performance. I mean. When you've got oh, like, a long I've, break and then the bass solo kind of, I've seen in, this band uh, at least three like... times,
2: maybe four, and they fucking deliver. Oh, I'm sure. And like the crowd is nuts. Like, dude, I just heard this
1: song for the first time maybe two weeks ago um, on KUTX. Of and course, we had
2: to get it in our plug yeah. along with Morrissey and Creed, right?
1: Um, and um, and it, I love that song.
2: I think it's fantastic, and so, like, the the most memorable of the times that I've seen them, uh, they played at Beerland, which holds, like, maybe 150 people, and the drummer uh, set up, like, right in the middle of the club, not on the stage, and it was, like, this maelstrom, like, around his kit, and... And
3: that know, club, like, just to give people an idea of the size of it, it's, like... Like what?
2: Like a hundred feet deep? Like it's if that about three times the size of the r- size of the room that we're in. Which I'm, is I not was
1: going to say, which is not big. Yeah.
3: Yeah, we're in. Yeah, it's anyway. It's
2: not a large. It's a, it's a tiny club. But every time I've seen them, like people are just like into it, and it was you know just really fucking exciting. And you know, like and that song meanders a little bit, but I'm still like my my heart rate is still up like throughout the whole thing. Um. I don't know, man. I'm into it. I, like It's it's like garage psych rock, I guess. <laughs> yeah.
3: It
1: sounds like psych rock. Huh? It sounds like psych rock. I think that garage is folded into that genre. Yeah, kind of
2: just from who they've worked with and labels they've been on or whatever. But who knows? But anyway, it's just good.
3: Beerland kind of looks like a
2: garage. That is well, true. Does.
3: Yeah, it's made out of bricks. Probably yeah. used to be a garage. Probably. Anyway, fine song, Ryan.
2: Well, thank you, good sir. Uh, what well, you got, you've got next week, right? I do. Uh, a band that I've heard a lot about. I don't know if I know a single song, and the people that I've known who. Oh,
1: you know at least one song.
2: <laughs> not by this band. Okay. Uh, or at least not off the top of my head. Oh, but you're I, saying I, in general? Just, yes. yeah, generally speaking. But I've met a few people learned that a few are today. really into this band a lot. Um, And please let it be kiss. Please let it be kiss. (laughs) It's not kiss, man. Uh,
3: Uh, Okay. Uh,
2: It's the Descendants. Uh, Milo goes to college. And I mean, I know that it's kind of punky, but uh, I don't know if I'm going to like it or not. And we're going to go on this journey together. Okay. Sounds pretty good.
3: Sounds
1: also in your wheelhouse like er early 80s punk rock. Or uh, I think it's late seventies, uh, late seventies to early eighties punk rock new yeah. wave. Yeah,
2: well, I am you know, I'm not taking so a totally basically anything that played CBGB.
1: Uh, I don't know if they
2: ever did. I'm going to learn as much about it as you guys are. I just know that I've met a few people um, back when I was living in Indiana. Like all the music geeks would like kind of find each other, and there were like three people I knew that just adored this band. Do you guys have a secret handshake? Yes. Yeah, it was the Vulcan thing. <laughs> <laughs> You should have worked on that. Yeah,
3: whatever. <laughs> well,
0: guys, we did it. We made it through. We did make show. it through.
3: <laughs> Just limp to the finish. <laughs> All right, until next week, I'm Kevin.
1: I am Ryan. I'm Shane. And I'm Mark. This is Somebody Likes It.